so I just needed something to help me through a big change and I didn't know how else to do it I was kind of at, at a loss and so I just knew I needed something that I could hold close to me that I could hang on to to help me manifest my stability and my life moving forward and so I decided to just make a piece I wanted it to be artistic and sculptural and something that had a lot of meaning to me We all have a story to tell. The longer our lives, the richer our stories. When I look at you, I see a woman of strength, integrity, character. A woman who has seen hardships, struggles, pain, and loss. A woman who has compassion, love, courage, and power. A woman who has succeeded, failed, and learned. A woman who will continue to persevere and thrive. When I look at you, I see a woman who is wise, not withered. Hello and welcome to the Wise Not Withered podcast. It is season four. I am so excited to be starting the interview process again. Um, I did a lot of interviews back in 2018, actually, um, and I posted them in 2019. That was season one of the podcast, now four years ago, and so I am getting back into it. I'm just really excited to share a lot of interviews with some pretty interesting women doing really cool things. So to start us off, today we have an interview with Anne Chikahisa. So Anne is the creator, founder, and artist behind Chikahisa Studio. Um, She makes handmade jewelry. She has a really cool website, lots of behind-the-scenes stuff um, of how she makes her rings, and she has earrings, talismans, all kinds of really beautiful jewelry. And she also has a really, a really nice, just very wholesome, beautiful, interesting Instagram page that she's pretty active on. Um, also, Chikahisa Studio, and that's actually where I found her. I believe I was searching hashtag mature woman, <laughs> and I stumbled across her page, and I just really was instantly drawn to her energy. She's just such a warm, bright personality, and I just was really drawn to just her style of things that she posts on Instagram, in addition to the beautiful jewelry that she makes by hand. So check her out at chikahisastudio.com or chikahisastudio on Instagram. And I'll spell that for you. That's um, Chika Hisa is spelled C-H-I-K-A-H-I-S-A. So that's Chika Hisa. So without further ado, let's get right into the interview. Okay. Um, so your name is, is it Anne or On? Anne. Anne. Okay. And then is it Chika Hisa? Yes, that's 
perfect. Okay, excellent, cool. Yay, I said it right. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, just to start off, like, how old are you? I am 59. 59, awesome. And can you describe the work that you do? I am a jeweler. Um, I'm, I make, I'm handmade, make jewelry for um, women who like to stand out in the crowd. Yeah, and how did you get into that? I began, uh, it just began as a passion. I was taking classes at an art studio and loved making jewelry. And when you talk to any metalsmith, pretty much everybody gets bitten by the bug and they become obsessed like I did. Um, there's something very alchemic about it, you know, just working with a piece of metal and then turning it into a piece of jewelry. So that's how I started. I, I was taking classes at a local jewelry um, studio and then I started making jewelry for all my friends, giving it to them for birthday presents or whatever. And uh, then a friend of mine said, oh, you should sell your jewelry. And uh, one thing led to another. She threw a trunk show for me, and that's how the business began. Nice. And did you say a trade show? Trunk show. So my friend invited um, a bunch of friends over to her house, and I put my jewelry out. And um, I was very, very fortunate. A lot of people loved it and bought it that night, and that's how the business began. Okay. Yeah, nice. And how how has it changed over time? Um, well, when I first started making jewelry, I did beading. So I bought gemstones and bindings, things that were already pre-made, and put them together. So that's how I first began. And then I had so much fun with mixing metals and mixing materials that I decided that I wanted to learn how to actually make those pieces instead of buying them pre-made. And that's when I took the art classes. And so as I've taken more classes and found my own style and voice, the, my jewelry has uh, progressed over the years. And it's become much more um, defined in terms of my own personal style and um, and and signature look. Um, you kind of find your rhythm and find out who you really are when you're an artist. And sticking with that point of view and that voice has been uh, really fun. It's a, it's like a self road of self discovery to figure out who you are and how you want to tell the world who you are through your art. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's great. Yeah, you mentioned learning. Um, I just was looking all over your website. You mentioned learning from your mother, who learned from her mother. And can you talk more about that, the generational teaching <laughs> and learning? Yeah, in, in Japanese culture, I'm, I'm third generation Japanese American, but um, in Japanese culture, the arts are very, very prominent in our culture. We really look for beauty in everything that we do. We surround ourselves in beauty. Um, so it's been handed down to, through the generations um, in my family. And when I say that quote about I learned from my mother, who learned from my, her mother, is my grandmother on both of my sides were... Um, they did Japanese flower arranging, which is called ikebana, 
they also were sewers and hand and made their own clothing and did all kinds of things with their hands. My uh, my grandmother also did some work where she did beadwork and made little handbags out of beadwork. So she did all those kinds of things and then taught my mother. My mother was very big on um, on sewing and knitting and all those kinds of things. And as a child, I learned all those skills from my mother as well. So it's just been kind of ingrained in our family history and our culture. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, let's see. So you talked to... Hold on one second. Oh, yeah. Hold on one second. What's going on, if you don't mind my asking? We're working in the studio. My assistant was pounding and stuff, so I didn't know if you could hear it. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I couldn't. It must be the um, the AirPods. Okay, good. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. Sorry. So. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, so, so you make a lot of it yourself, but you also have assistants that help you out too? Yeah. Yeah. I have one assistant. She's uh, worked like three-quarter time with me, and yeah, she helps me um, put together things for the store. Okay. Help me supply the pieces for our online job. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, so you mentioned um, like learning from your grandmother and your mother. Are there any other like really influential mentors that you've had? Yeah, I um, I do have people that have influenced my work and influenced um, my style. It's been friends and just other jewelers that I've worked with. And then, um, you know, I have favorite artists that have influenced my style and my aesthetic. You know, Georgia Keith is somebody I've always admired. I love her work. Mm-hmm. Um, Calder is another person I am just amazed by what he does with wire work and how he creates these beautiful sculptures and pieces of jewelry um and noguchi is a japanese artist who does a lot of sculptural work and i love his work as well so it's both famous people and just people in my life that have influenced my work yeah okay and can you talk a little bit about creative zen i thought that was really interesting Thank you. It's um, so for me when I am working, there's a zone, a creative zone where you get into this space where time doesn't exist, and it's almost like meditating. You become, you just get in the space of not thinking and not worrying or anything, and you're just working, and it's the coolest it's the coolest experience because you're really letting your inner voice and your inner spirit guide you on your design and what you're creating and so it becomes part of you that comes out because you're not thinking and you're not judging Hmm. a little quick voice that comes out and says don't do this don't do that it's really getting into this flow and letting it happen and it is it is so fun like when I get in that zone and I start working, it could be eight hours and it feels like really 10 minutes because it's such a fun place. And that 
that's where I, it's, it's what I call kind of like my creative genius because it's really like you're just flowing and you're flowing and you're working and things come out that you never dreamed would come out because you're not um, thinking about the outcome. You're just letting it happen. Right, yeah. Oh, I love that. How about on the flip side? What do you do when you don't feel as inspired? Uh, which is a lot. It's really, you know, I will say it's really hard to get into that Zen zone. Um, so when I'm not in that zone and I'm trying to create, it's really, really hard because it's like forcing something to happen. So to get back into that zone or to try to feel into that again, I'll do a lot of walking, mm-hmm. just going out and walking and letting my mind mind um go and I also do a lot of meditation and that helps as well because uh you're you're getting into that non-thinking letting things go kind of state and yoga also is another powerful tool for me when I'm uh stuck creatively it's just moving that energy in my body to to get back into that creative space is basically what I'm trying to do either with the walking the yoga or the meditation yeah yeah kind of getting out of your head and back into your body yeah 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 I love that um how about your talisman pieces can you talk about those those are really cool on your website (laughs) thank you that has become my most personal um part of my collections and it really was kind of a thing that just happened. Um, I was going through a lot of major life changes, like most of us in our you know, 40s and 50s, life just changes. And um, so I just needed something to help me through a big change, and I didn't know how else to do it. I was kind of at, at a loss. And so I just knew I needed something that I could hold close to me, that I could hang on to to help me um, manifest my stability and my life moving forward and so I decided to just make a piece I wanted it to be artistic and sculptural and something that had a lot of meaning to me and I didn't want it to be literal so um, mm. the first one I created was hope because to me if you don't have hope you there's nothing left in your world, right? You'd hope to get you through in the bad times. So I created the Hope Talisman. It's got a little spinel in it, and the spinel represents um, hope. And I created it, and I just started wearing it, and women um, responded to it, and they liked it and um, commented it. And so I started uh, designing more pieces not only for them, but also for me. Each one has a different meaning. I've come up with strength, healing, reflection, compassion, wisdom. Each one has a different meaning, and it really um, is like a little piece of art, and then you can collect them and put them together to help you manifest what you're working on at that particular moment or that particular month or time in your life. And it's been... um, the feedback's been great. I've gotten amazing messages back from my customers on how um, they were able to mark their their journey in their life 
at that particular time with one of the talisman or how mm. it's helped them stay focused on maybe a goal that they were trying to um, um, bring it into their life. So it's been really fun. I um, create maybe, I create about four of them a year, and each one is different. So it's an evolving process. It's fun for me as well as for the customers to collect them and come up <laughs> with new uh, inspirations for their, their life. often do like custom things for customers um in terms of the talisman or just in general um i guess both maybe start with the talismans and then in general okay i haven't done a custom talisman only because it takes a lot of time and energy to create one concept Hmm, so to do a one-off would not probably be too cost effective for somebody if i did a custom but I have done a lot of custom work in terms of uh, personal jewelry. And how that usually works is I will take someone's old heirloom gems and mm. rework them into something new. And oh. that's really rewarding for both of us, me and the customer. So the customer, you know, jewelry is such, um, it travels through families, it becomes an heirloom. and. It holds so much energy and meaning to the person that it's come from and who it's given to. But sometimes, you know, the style isn't your style any any longer, but you still want to hold that piece in your life and in your jewelry box. So we, I work with a with my clients in taking those old pieces and reworking them and fitting it into the look of what they will wear and then they can pass it on to their children or somebody that has meaning you know in their life that they want to share it with so the the gem gem will continue uh through through the generations and carry on and just when we rework it the iteration of it changes to fit that person's life at that current time so mm-hmm. that's what's so cool about jewelry is it's an heirloom and you know, I have a piece from my grandmother, a couple pieces from my grandmother's that are from the 1920s, hmm. and they've they've gone through, you know, my my mother's lifetime and now my lifetime, and it will probably go to my son as well, and then his children. So it's hmm. it's really cool to have your jewelry go on and live on beyond your your lifetime. Yeah, yeah, I, I wanted to ask more specifically, like, which, if, if you wanted to talk about, like, which specific pieces, like, that are in your family? Yeah, I have two pieces that I really cherish, or three pieces that I really cherish. One is the engagement ring from my grandmother. Um, it's a platinum vintage set ring, and I just love it. It's got this really delicate 
setting on it. It's not something that I would ever particularly wear, but I love it so much because it's from her and she gave it to me before she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and my other grandmother gave me this really cool freshwater pearl vintage piece, also kind of in the same era of the probably early 40s, and it has that vintage look as well, and it's so beautiful. And I love wearing it, but I only wear it around the house because I I would be devastated if I wore it and I lost it. Yeah. So I always wear that around the house. And the third piece I love is this um, enamel pin that has a roadrunner on it um, that my father gave me. And he never really ever bought me jewelry. And except for this piece and one other piece that he bought me. So I've had these um, since I was maybe 13 or 14. Oh, and I just wow. kept them in my jewelry box because it's so special that my father bought them for me. And I just cherish them. And he's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I hold. And when I look at them, it brings back very fond memories. So, so that's the power of jewelry is like the energy of uh um, someone giving it to you and you remember when they gave it to you and the meaning that it has in your life. So mm-hmm. that's the power for of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe kind of along the lines of maybe um, like losing your dad and were there other, like what are some of the greatest challenges you've had in your life, either in your business or just in general? Um, obviously losing my dad was very hard. I was very young. Mm-hmm. I, I was, tw- well, not super young. I, I was 28 um, <sighs> at the time. You don't feel that young, but looking back, I was very young. Mm-hmm. And, um, the hardest thing is, is he didn't get to see me grow up as an adult. He only knew me as a, as a kid, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't get to see me uh, progress in my career and have family and all those kinds of things. <laughs> but more recently, you know, I got divorced. That was really challenging and trying to start my life again and um, make sense of who I am and what I want to do in my, the rest of my, the second half of my life has been a big challenge. Yeah. And then, of course, having a business, owning and running a business is very challenging, yet very rewarding. And um, I've learned so much about myself, about who I am, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, (laughs) and how to make decisions and learn from my mistakes. I've made lots of mistakes. And um, I think one of the best things I've learned about having a business is Surrounding myself with people or with people who um, are smarter than me mm. that um, help me. Um, they teach me how to do things better because you can't I, you can't do everything by yourself. You really need to have a team, mm. and um, choosing that, that team has been really fun. I've met some amazing people and made some 
incredible relationships that have transformed not only me personally, but also my business. So that's been really fun. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, how about some of your greatest successes? Um, let's see. Some of my greatest successes. I think one of the biggest things I'm really proud of is taking my business from uh, having no online sales a few years ago to um, changing it now to generating almost all my revenue through online sales. So that's been a, a long journey, um, a hard journey, but it's been so rewarding to know that if you just put your head down and take baby steps and figure out what works and what doesn't work and just keep tweaking and staying with it and having that uh, resolve to, to do something um, that you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. So that's probably my my biggest um, my biggest accomplishments, I would say. Okay, and how do you define success? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> I think success is multi uh, multifaceted. One, of course, from a business standpoint, um, success is you know, that is financial, right? Um, do I reach my goals? Have I made a profit? Those, those kinds of metrics. Um, but I think for me also, what is most important is how do I feel at the end of the day about what I'm doing? Hmm. And um, do, am I living up to my values? Am I living up to my vision? And those, those are two really big metrics for me in terms of success and how I do my business and run my business. Mm-hmm. So they go kind of hand in hand, right? You know, I can't, I couldn't be successful if I didn't make money because then it would be a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how do I run the business financially to make money, but also still hold those values? Right. And if you are willing to share, what are some of those values? Um, yeah, so for me, one of the biggest things that I strive to do with my business is to be a company that values their customers and uh, to be easy to work with. We work very hard at... Um, customer service and to make sure that our customers feel heard and seen by us and that we treat them with the utmost respect because when I go and shop with a a company or a business I always want to feel like like they care about me and that's what we really try to do is care for our customers and and hear what they have to say and make sure that um our brand exceeds our expectations. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most important things for uh, our values of, as a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, can you talk about the trade show you went to recently? 
Mm. <laughs> yeah, I went to a trade show in New York, and that was super fun. I had been doing a wholesale about four or five years ago, and then just took a break from it. And I decided to re re look at this and try it again. And the energy was so great. I had such a good time going there. I think now the sort of post-pandemic, I don't know if to say it's post-pandemic, but um, now that the world is opening up again, it was really fun to see old wholesale customers who I hadn't seen in four years oh. and also meet a whole bunch of new people. And the energy at the show was so, so fabulous. People were excited. They were interested, lots of really good questions, and just um, being in a collective energy was was really wonderful. Um, and this trade show was a gift show, so there were people with all different kinds of products. It wasn't just jewelry, it was a lot of home goods, um, personal care, you know, like makeup and skincare. And then there was also clothing there, so it was a, it was really fun to be around so many creative energies, as well as meeting all these buyers from all different kinds of stores. Mm-hmm. So I had a great time. Yeah, great. Um, all right. Well, I guess we're wrapping it up. Um, do you have any plans for the future? Any anything exciting in store? <laughs> Yeah, I am doing some of my product launch, and so we're going to be launching some stuff in summer, so I'm not going to spill the beans yet, so you'll have to come and uh, follow me on social media or check me out on the website, and then um, and we're also doing a little, we've, we've already created some lifestyle products, some bowls and trays uh, for oh. the home, and we're, we're going to be expanding that portion of the collection as well, too, because those have been really fun, and we've gotten a lot of good feedback from our customers. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah, sounds pretty yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? <laughs> oh, um, I am just so thankful that you reached out it's been great to um, come and chat with you and share my story so I really appreciate it and um, yeah thank you thank you for your time yeah this this was really great thank you so much